Yo, welcome back to episode six of your weekly installment of Rack Chat. I'm so glad that you were able to allow us to bless your ears on this Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever you decide to listen. This is Ryan, as always. You will hear me here just about every week. Um, We do have a new guy coming on next week, which I'm so excited about, one of my good buddies. But before we talk about that and introduce him, because, you know, I'm going to let him do the introducing for himself. It is time to introduce that dude, Mr. Girl Dad, wannabe Swole Patrol, Truman Ross. What up? What up? Let's clear the air on something. I am yapped, baby. He is that I guy that huge. He is that guy that walks around the gym with his chest all poke, poked out, flexed up, just can't breathe. I mean, I essentially look like Jay Cutler in his prime. <laughs> you can't get me laughing too hard. I got a I got a chest cold right now, and I'm hacking up a lung. So I, I put Vicks on my chest before the show. That way, I wouldn't, I wouldn't start coughing. Well, so anyways, everybody, Truman back on the chat, episode six. I'm excited. I'm glad we got some laughs going. It is. Uh, 11.30 at night. It is TED Talk at night, baby. Hold on, let me tell you, waiting <laughs> on Truman's worse than waiting on a woman. <laughs> oh, goodness. You gotta, Mr. Help, you gotta help the fam, though, bud. I know, oh, but God. Mr. Oh, I'll be home by 10. It's 11.30, we're just starting this. I wanted to be home by 10. It did not make... I do have another big deep freezer now, though. Uh, had to hold that down for the sis. It's full of deer meat, too. So we have about... 600 pound of deer meat in the house now. <laughs> Ryan, how's your deer meat sitting? Well, let's get on to the first topic. <laughs> True, how would you feel about climbing up into your tree stand and going face to face with a rattlesnake? I would be. This is this time where, you know, um, I hope I don't have the harness on because I'm flying out of this tree. I, and I, don't, I don't even want to be touching this thing. Dude, I have I have been climbed up before and went face to face with like a squirrel or a bird. I actually had a bird land on my my uh, hook for my bow. I've had squirrels sit on my hook for my bow. But if I climbed up thirty feet into a tree and there was a four foot long rattlesnake right there, first off, I didn't even know rattlesnakes went up into trees i thought they stayed on the ground i did too (laughs) but i was scrolling through trying to find some topics to talk about tonight which we got some good ones but then i seen hunter face to face with a rattlesnake and i didn't read the article or anything i just i just found the topic and i was like i want to i just i want to talk about that for a second i would burn that tree down (laughs) Matter of fact, I'm burning down the whole woods. Call forestry, control burn, okay? Bring the local fire department. We're gonna do some training on wildland. I'm out skis. 
Just like if I were to ever see a rattlesnake in my house, collecting insurance. Oh, yeah. She's getting burnt to the floor. Collecting insurance. <laughs> Just saying. We got a sump pump in my house. And every time I look down in that thing, I'm always looking for some type of critter. <laughs> I'm just, I'm scared. It's like that old childhood fear you got of when you're going to go sit down, like you're going camping and you go sit down on a, like a toilet, a public toilet at a camping site and you're scared that a snake's going to pop up. That's what it's like having a sump pump in your house. <laughs> All right. Well, True, how was your week? Uh, I had a very busy week this week. Um, lots of work. Um, lots of family stuff. Uh, sis is moving houses. They sold their house that they bought a few years ago. Um, saw a prime opportunity in the market. Uh, it's not what they want to do for a forever home anyways. Uh, so they're going to buy some land and build. So we're getting her out of there right now and getting her into an apartment. Well, a college type deal and, uh, getting her set up for a forever home. On some land. There you go. There you go. Uh, for me, week was uh, it was pretty good. Work week went by pretty fast. Um, I guess the old saying, when you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. I love my job. And I, sometimes I wake up on Mondays and I'm like, oh, I don't want to go to work. And then Friday hits. I'm like, dang, that went by pretty quick. But them weekends, I want to smack the guy that said we should work five and be off two. <laughs> so, if you give me the choice to work four tens, I am half Friday off. But here we go. Let's jump into this right quick. It is late at night, so we're, it is going to seem like we are going to fly through this a little bit. Um, try to get in and get some good conversation, get some good talk going on. But, um, you know, it seems like every week we talk on the show about some type of disease or, you know, within deer and uh, within animals. And is it transmitted? Is it, you know, what, what all, what all these animals go through with sickness in the woods. Um, and I found an article today talking about hogs <clears throat> and, you know, we go out and we put this corn out and, we always make the joke that, you know, we're uh, put the corn out for the squirrels and we're killing the deer trying to eat it. But um, we don't really take into consideration, which I haven't, because I've never had this problem, but a hog problem in 35 different states and all the diseases that they can carry. Um, they carry salmonella, hepatitis, E. coli, swine flu, all the etc. And I was reading through that there are diseases that they carry that we don't even know about. I'm pretty sure I've heard the fact that hogs carry more diseases than any other living animal. They're dirty. Maybe like an armadillo might have something. I don't think armadillos carry as many. I think they carry, you know, leprosy, obviously they carry that, but hogs just, I mean, they, they waller in mud, they they eat up the dirt, feces, what they don't care they're eating. They're a nasty creature. And that just I don't know, that just makes you think like do should we really be eating the hogs that we kill? 
Well, I mean, you're asking a Southerner, son. We got these I mean, things down here. All right, so this is an opinion. It might not be scientifically proven. We have Teleco. You know where that's at. You're you were born not far from there. Hogs I was actually in, born in New Jersey. Well, but, you lived right there, by yeah. I um, lived next to Teleco. Yeah, hogs in Teleco are different than like Southern Georgia hogs that are like not native. I mean, the hogs in Teleco aren't native either, but they've established there for hundreds of years at this point. Actually, I read in that article that hogs are not native to North America. They were brought over in the 1500s from Europe. Right, but I'm talking like most of the most of the hogs that people are quote unquote having a problem with are feral swine and it's literally like Joe Buddy down the road's got a pig farm and his pigs escaped and in three months time these pigs can grow a full coat of hair like that little pink piggy that you thought was cute can have a full coat of hair and adapt to any kind of surrounding well, they can grow up to 500 pounds right like the the hogs that you would see in Teleco are more like the Russian or Razorback or yeah. you know they're more like a bloodline instead of these feral swine that are running around mm-hmm. uh, that takes me on to my brother was out in Texas a couple months ago for his job and uh they were going hog hunting. He hooked up with a guy that he was training with and they went out hog hunting and he sends me this picture of what looked to be like a baby hog. And I was like, dude, what are you doing? Killing the babies? Like kill the big ones. No, it was a javelina. Oh, sweet. Um, and I was like, what, what's a javelina? And the guy that he was with explained it to him. It's kind of a big rat. It's rat. It's in the rat family. Yeah, yeah. they look. They kind of look like tiny pigs, but they're they, they big rats. Just, they got the little pig nose. Yeah, and the small tail, but they're big. They're just big rats. Right. So I think that'd be pretty cool. That'd be dope. Um. And like, so what? What point with a hog and to stop disease? Are we hunting these for game, or are we preventing the spread of disease to other animals? I mean, so there's some people that shoot hogs and dump them, obviously, to control the spread of them. I personally have eaten wild boar meat. Um, if you read on it, it's okay, but it's not like cooking steak. You don't want you don't want medium rare hog. You don't want medium hog. You don't want medium well hog. You want like hog has to hit 180 degrees, and your main concern actually. I know you mentioned all those diseases, but brucellosis or brucellus is actually a bloodborne pathogen and it can enter your bloodstream while you're gutting it if you have any nicks or anything on your hands. So if you're going to gut a hog to prepare it for a meal, put your gloves on. I know us hunters, we try to be cool and everything, get blood all over us, but if you're gonna eat that hog, put your little rubber gloves on, do your thing. And then make sure that that meat gets to at least 180 degrees. That's, that's the that's the range that they say kills all the diseases that they do have. Yeah, you got to get it up there. You got to keep it there. Yeah. You got to keep that. I mean, you can't just hit 180 and be good. You got to keep it there for 15, 18 minutes, something like that. Yeah. But uh, it is very, very good meat if you dare do try. <laughs> That brings me to another little topic since we were you're we gonna be a groomsman in my in my wedding. Uh 
There's a company in Bryan, Texas. $3,000 for a two-hour Hilo hunt. I, I mean, you know. Just an idea. Just an idea. I was thinking, like, I know you're marrying Brittany and everything, but I say... Me and you take the honeymoon. We go to Texas and we just kill a bunch. Leave Brittany. She gets the ring. She gets you forever. Leave her behind. We take let's the honeymoon. Let's do it. <laughs> hey, listen. My company, when I worked for them for five years, they give me like, I think like 1500 bucks to go on a trip. That's pretty so, sweet. I'm just saying. <laughs> plane ticket from Philly to, you know, Austin, Texas is not going to be 1500 bucks. Nah. So, if anything, we'll drive it. I don't care. Yeah. But as long as we don't have to go through Virginia, I will go anywhere in the world. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you are listening and you are for, for, from Virginia, I hate driving through your state. It is awful. And the best thing about it is leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, if I start laughing too, I'm going to start coughing. But uh, moving on, going kind of kind of ties into it. Um, you know, the postseason things that are fun to do once deer season is over. Um, I find enjoyment in doing these things because it kind of gives you a better sense of, like, what are the areas that I missed? You get to see some fresh signs of, like, hey, you know, maybe I was hunting over here a little bit too hard. I'm seeing some signs of them being over here. Um, shed hunting. Love shed hunting. Um, moving stands, getting camera cards. Um, I would say this next one, taking meat to the landowner, but, you know, guess what? The only thing he's getting from me is Little Debbie's um, because I didn't kill any deer. But predator control was on here, and I was like, okay, yeah, you know, trapping. Uh, fur taking which I would like to get into that we just had this big hunt that the brother-in-law did it's put on by a local uh, butcher shop up here it's like a 12 hour hunt through the night for fox coyotes maybe rabbits but it's a like a nuisance animal hunt it's an 8 a night till 8 in the morning and then you can win prizes by like Biggest coyote, biggest fox, uh, most fox, all these different categories. Um, I don't know how he did. I didn't ask him. He's probably slept all day today because he was up for like 25 hours straight. But it uh, seemed like it's a pretty cool hunt that I'd like to get into next year. Um, and searching new equipment, getting new equipment. True probably has something to talk to you about before he gets into that. We're going to um, last little topic here. The 3D shooting that we talk about doing and sighting in our bows and our guns. But True, I know you're excited to talk about it. Why don't you tell us what you just bought? Oh, I got me a, a different Elite. It's not new. I, I originally thought I was going to buy it for 3D. Ryan can see it. Um, it's 39-inch Elite victory i think it's an older bow but uh i was talking to ryan pre-show and i have the ritual 35 inch and then i got the victory 39 and i'm thinking because of how light the victory is i might end up actually deer hunting with it uh just because i'm taller i like that longer uh, 
axle to axle. And uh, my Ritual's a little heavier bow, um, better for, you know, accurate shooting for 3D. The, the victory will be easy to tote through the mountains and, and get there. So, got two bows now, trying to get set up in, in 3D. I know I said I wouldn't change my setup, but uh, if you know Truman, you know he likes to freaking be the very best at everything he can. So, <laughs> Truman's going to go extreme in anything he tries. So, yeah, I was talking to Brittany about that today. How about you buying this bow? And I was like, yeah, but like two episodes, three episodes ago, he asked me, are you changing anything up? I said no. He said no. And then he goes out and buys a new bow. So in, for ASA in Tennessee, it's like I could shoot hunting class. I can throw my fixed pins back on. Uh, actually, I had no idea because my hunting setup is literally a single pin that I adjust. When I got to the tournament, he was like, no, you're not shooting hunting class. And I was like, but this is my hunting setup. Dude. Like, obviously, I don't have these freaking 35-inch stabilizers on this thing and glasses and all this stuff. And he's just like, nah, man. He's like, shoot open 40. And I was like, okay. Well, I shot it. I didn't do that hot, but I know I can do better. So instead of moving myself up to the probably 30 and in class with the fixed pins, I mean, I can I can set my pins up to where I can pretty much drive tacks from that distance. But nah, I want to go win some cool stuff, and um, I can definitely use it to get Bible Belt bow hunting out there and reach more people, especially if I'm on a a higher scale with this thing that I know I can push myself to achieve. Oh, for sure. Um, I have it. I think our 3d just started up here it was freezing this weekend um i guess some of that ice storm that texas had decided to push its way up northeast i don't know i mean it was cold it was like i think the high on saturday was like 19 and uh i barely want to go sit in the woods at 19 degrees so yeah i don't i wouldn't want to go do anything with 3d shooting but they do them on Sundays here at the you know the certain gun clubs put their 3D shoots on uh, this last Sunday they did one at this gun club in Fort Washington called Wapiti um, I shot there last year with Evan and it was their first shoot back after having a tornado rip through and um it was really kind of cool because you're walking through tornado damage and you're doing this you're doing this course. It was a really great course. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, but, you know, they're starting back up here. So with the off season coming up, um, just to keep myself fresh, keeping the muscle, the muscle memory alive, I'm going to start getting out a little bit more. I just don't really have room at my house to shoot um, because I do have houses to the left and right and behind me um, and I don't have a fence but I have a little hedgerow and I put up a little pallet behind my target that way you know if I just so happen to miss which you know I, I shouldn't uh, as a hunter and an archer for a long time I shouldn't be missing 40 yard shots 
I should at least hit the target. May not be hitting where I want, but that's something that I'm going to have to work on. I was a little off today, but going back to postseason things that are fun to do, I like going out and shed hunting and removing the cameras and stuff like that. Um, and the predator control is something that is probably going to affect me a little bit more this year because I never really seen as many foxes hunting down south as I did up here. I mean, I could literally just be sitting in the stand and next thing I know, I got a mink or a fox running right beside me. And so I, I don't, I'm going to have to figure out, like, read up on how to do that. If you're listening and you know how to do that, um, for sure, definitely hit us up. Let me know how to trap a fox. Uh, reach out. I did make an email. It's a rat check podcast at Gmail. Truman has going to go off topic a little bit here. I don't, you know what? I don't think we ever are on topic on the show, to be honest no. with you. It's, it's so wild. Um, We're amazingly unorganized, but we, I mean, we stay the course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so unorganized here. I mean, I know that I, I just know that I want to do it every week. Yeah. Every Sunday. That's what, I, that's all I know. And I find these things throughout the week I want to talk about, but then it's like, we sit down and it's like, okay, what, what time are we doing this tonight? <laughs> oh, well, I've got this till this time. Oh, well, I've got this till this time. And it's like, oh, okay. We'll eventually get it on a schedule. We're like, dude, we're sitting down seven o'clock Sunday night. So yeah. we're freaking do it. I mean, everybody's got their thing. But like I said last week, I'd like to get a couple more guys on here. That way, you know, if you do have something to do um, where you can't make it, at least I can make it and have someone else to talk to. That way I'm not just sitting here talking to myself. Yeah. Um, but anyways, going back. Social media is Bible Belt Bow Hunting on Facebook. Uh, I feel like I need to get back on Facebook, make a Facebook for Rack Chat, and or get Truman to give me the deets to this thing so I can keep an eye on it. I don't know. But I need to get back on Facebook. We can do one of those, like, just because Bible Belt Bow Hunting is through mine. We can do one of those, like, couple Facebooks. You've seen where, like, the man and the oh, woman share yeah. Facebook, dude. We feel like Ron and Truman. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Uh, I said last week that I put out a TikTok, but I noticed the next day that it never, I never got off the loading screen and I never posted. And then I closed out the app. I lost the video and everything. So I'm sitting here at work. I'm like, where? You know, I'm on break and I'm like, where's my TikTok? I made a TikTok last night. It never posted. So this this week, I'm going to get out while I'm shooting and make a TikTok. I'm going to set aside time this week to do that for sure. Um, but, Trey, what do you got for some of the postseason things that you look forward to doing? Uh, predator control is something I need to do. It's not necessarily the most fun thing to me, but... Uh, it's something cool, like you, you and your buddies can kind of go 
sit up and uh well i mean here anyways we can go sit up with a box call and you know you can chit chat and watch the field or whatever it's definitely something i need to do uh, i think we talked about it. a denon female coyote can kill up to 17 newborn deer per year by herself mm-hmm. ryan knows the coyotes down here i have They're seen wild. so many coyotes and I'll get a video one night. I'll go out out to where I hunt and just get a video of the nighttime. I mean, there's enough coyotes that'll make you your hair stand up. You can hear every bit of 20 to 30 in a pack just moving through the valley together, farm to farm. It's insane. Yeah, that, y'all definitely got a coyote problem down there. Um, I would like to get out there with some thermal imaging in the middle of the night just just let loose I would uh, say read your laws before that before you knew that <laughs> we're not allowed to in Tennessee so uh, some areas you are I don't know if we are I gotta read my laws you're right I, yes please read your local laws um, that and you know that's gonna take us into the safety topic <laughs> fun facts about safety with Ryan uh, no i yeah, going. Let's let's talk about a little bit of safety. Um, this week's safety topic is pause. Oh. Let's introduce safety Hager. Da, da, da. <laughs> no, but no. Uh, I've been hearing, I've uh, been watching social media and stuff like that about the duck hunter that uh, out in North Carolina that went missing. Um. I'm not gonna say names. I don't want to do any of that. Talk about that. It's not my right to throw names out there. But uh, he is yet to be found. The guy he was with um, was found and recovered uh, safely, uh, but they have yet to find him. So you know, keep that duck hunter in your thoughts and prayers. Um, there's a lot of speculation of what's going on. They found his waders. They found his boat. They found his decoys. And they were saying that in the spot that they put the distress call out, that the gusts could have been up to like, the, the waves could have been up to like 42 mile an hour gusts or something like that. So they're saying he could have traveled. If he's still in the water, they're saying he could have gone a long way. So they're still out there looking for him. So prayers to his family. Um, He has, I know that he has a baby on the way. So hopefully, you know, they can find him and uh, get some closure. I just pray that he's alive. That that would be the best outcome of all that. So in the safety topic, always take somebody out with you or at least have someone know where you are at. And if, you know, you don't hear from me at this certain time, something's wrong you know come find me or i'm in distress or something so just you know use your brain a little bit you know safety is all about common sense i know common sense ain't too common sometimes but uh just use a little bit of common sense there's always a way phone service or not that you can get somebody in area to find you know where know where you're going if you're if you're not going to have phone service You've probably already scouted that area. You know it's not there. Try to go to where you know and ensure, like, 
be where you sit where where you tell people I know people get up and move around all the time and it's cool like hey I want to go scout scout let somebody know before you get up and move like hey I'm headed this direction I'm gonna scout I know here like dude one I mean one wrong step and you could fall 50 feet in no time on these mountains but I mean even without that you can fall and break your leg in a wide open field and uh-huh. you be a mile away from your truck and I mean God willing or fall out of a tree stand falling out of a tree stand we talked about it last week Hunter fell out of his tree stand had to crawl two broken legs back to his truck 600 yards I think I said it was anything can happen don't be too prideful to share your location and let people know what you're doing yeah, just, my, just keep somebody aware for your own own, own benefit really yeah the life 360 is a good app i know that my you know my uh, sister and brother use it for their kids it tells them uh, i don't I, I don't know what the app does it tells them exactly where it's at it tells it can tell my sister that her daughter's phone is at like 23 percent um, tells you if you're driving, you know, so I just make sure. Go ahead, my bad. I was just saying, make sure somebody knows where you're at at all times. And I think like on X, maybe a couple of these hunting apps, you can send SOSs like even without service, but you know, obviously they can help first responders if people know in the general direction you're at. Cause I'm sure if you don't have service, it's not going to be. It's not going to send your 10-digit square, <laughs> so. No, no. So, I mean, as long as I can get to the area. But um, let's move on to another topic. We're kind of flying through these things. Um, and this was kind of a funny topic I seen that I wanted to talk about because I am a victim to one of them. And here's a question for you, sure. What is the most overused excuse by hunters of why they hadn't seen deer. I'm in the wrong spot. <laughs> that was one of them. Uh, man, I've I've heard some insanely wild things about not seeing deer. Um, it's ne- it's <laughs> it's never really the truth, but people believe that clothing can be an issue. I mean, there is like insane amounts of stuff. Yeah. Um, They're not lucky. Uh, it's not their year. Ron Hager. <laughs> take that one right to the chin. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. God. No, I mean, I understand having a down year, but. I'm just going to let you know that that bus you just threw me under, uh, the transmission looks great. <laughs> uh, Ryan. All right, everybody. Ryan is that guy that snaps me at 11 o'clock and he is out of the tree. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... Nine times out of ten, Ryan's down. And I'm like, dude, get in the freaking tree and stay there. Oh, well, I mean... It's hard, but... I mean, I know around here for sure, a lot of big deer are killed at one or two o'clock in the afternoon. My prime time that I've seen the most deer are an hour right when you're able to shoot at first light, an hour after, and then an hour before sunset. 
those are my prime times where that's where I want to be. And that's when I've killed my deer. That's when I'm seeing the most people kill their deer. And that's why I also practice shooting in low light with my, uh, with my sight. But my sight does have lights on it that I can turn on and it brightens my pins. So uh, I actually got to change the battery out on that. But I, pr- I do practice shooting low light for that for that reason because all the deer I've ever killed have been right before sunset and right after sunrise. So I don't have too much light. And then I get like to about 1030 and I'm like, well, I've been out here since five. Kind of want to go home, take a little nap before I get back in here, you know, 2.30. But, uh, you know, uh, some of the other excuses that I've heard are nocturnal. Nocturnal. That is a big one. Yeah, I uh, hear that all the time. The deer are nocturnal, that it's it's too warm, that deer aren't moving during the day. I get it. Yeah, deer don't like moving when it's warm. But they've actually proven, and you can find this on bowhunter.com, they have proven that deer are not, not nocturnal. Never. They will wake up earlier because it's cooler and go to bed and bed down earlier because of the warmth. But it's not like they're up in the middle of the night walking around when you're in bed. My dad, you know, he's an old schooler, like we've said before. Yeah. <laughs> He said, if the cows are feeding, the deer are feeding. Deer are grazers, just like cows and horses. Have you ever seen a nocturnal cow? Mm-hmm. No, they get up. Like mm-hmm. Regardless of how hot it is, they get up and feed during mm-hmm. the day. And he's also big on deer go to watering holes when it's hotter. Yeah. They, they will hit a watering hole. I mean, they don't. During the winter, I mean, they get a lot of their uh, water nutrients from grass and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But he's like, dude, if it's 90 degrees outside and you're velvet hunting, he's like, go to the watering hole and they'll come. Yeah, so nocturnal, being too hot, being too cold. Too hot, too cold, we understand. Yeah, they they may decline in movement, but they're still moving. Uh, Must have bumped them on the way in. I have bumped deer on the way in. I have bumped them on the way out. But... The likelihood of every single time you're walking in, you're walking out, you're bumping something, probably not there. Um, and this one <clears throat> is probably going to strike with a lot of people. The October lull. Um, people say season starts in September. It'll ramp up because all the deer are getting bumped because everybody's moving around in the woods. And by that time, October comes right before the rut. They don't move at all. Um, Because they're getting ready for that rut. And they know that the pressure in the woods is greater than it has been all summer. So they're like, oh, well, we need to kind of go in a small hibernation. I don't believe in that crap. Um, from I don't really remember when all my deer were killed I just know I killed them um, but from the videos I've watched in October massive deer from all around the nation getting killed um, I just don't believe that they're like oh, oh 
that people are in the woods now and you know we're getting ready to start mating next month so we might as well just settle down and not move um i got a bigger jab in the same in the same direction i see so many big name hunters saying the december lull the december lull the post rut lull i have killed i have killed more deer in mid to late december than i have all the other months combined yeah um See here, we whenever I first moved here, I was told that there was like a break, um, in like season, but there wasn't. It was just at the time gun opened up, and you needed to wear orange. Not that you couldn't hunt bow, but you could hunt that break. You just gotta have your safety orange. You gotta have your safety orange on. Um. But yeah, October lull and my personal favorite. Oh, I was just you know, doing a little, doing a little scrolling through Tic Tac. Um, I get bored. Okay, I'm sorry if I'm not seeing anything. Pop a headphone in, watch a couple Tic Tacs, and then you know, I, I poke my head up. You know, I'm still aware. Okay, I still know what's going on around me. Um, and uh, weren't moving. The deer just—they're just not moving, you know. Or there ain't no deer on my land. Or the neighbors got got the food, and he's stealing all the deer. No, you just didn't do the proper things you needed to do to get deer in and keep them there. And I can't say that I did this year either, because I came up on spots that were like last second. Hey, you can hunt here. Okay, well. Next year, I've got big plans for my areas. Like, I want to put more corn out, more mineral. I want to get deer in, and I want to keep them. That's my thing. But you, there's, we talked about it last uh, last week with the, the rut and taking out the doe population. You know, um, instead of having one buck chasing six doe, let's get six bucks chasing one doe. And I know people are going to disagree with me because I've already caught flag for that. But let's uh, let's try something new next year. I'm 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 telling you, I'm not waiting to drop a doe. If a doe walks in front of me on opening day, I'm filling tags. Sorry about it. Like me with 3D. Ryan argued with me so hard on the same topic during the season. I was like, dude, shoot the doe. He was like, no, I need the doe. I was like, no, dude, shoot. The, he's had opportunities all season long to shoot doe. And he was just like, no, 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 no. I'm waiting on the book. I'm waiting on the book. Yeah. <sighs> so you heard it here. I, they, my opportunities were there. I was just a dummy and didn't take them. So y'all heard that here. So it ain't no, oh, you just didn't see any deer. And you don't know what you're doing when it comes to hunting. No, I definitely had the opportunities to shoot doe, but I just let him walk because I wanted that buck to walk through. He sent me Snapchat pictures of doe like 15, 20 yards up from the stand. I'm like, dude, smoke the doe. (laughs) Smoke the doe. And he's like, no, bro, I'm waiting on the deer. I'm waiting on the big buck to walk through. But uh, we were talking about me getting out of the stand at 11. And there was another topic that I found, you know, tips for all day hunts. You know, what do you do when you, when you're telling yourself, Hey, I'm going to go out all day. 
like what do you pack what do you what are you taking with you and what's your mindset because uh, go ahead no, i got i got it partially from my dad's never been an all-day hunter he's like he's like you hour before hour after dad works till 3 30 and he will go to the woods right after that and he's good with it all-day hunts are they're gruesome they're yeah i mean you gotta literally mentally prepare for it it sounds goofy but it's not easy to go sit and stay in the same spot especially if you're not seeing deer like actively moving um but i would say obviously pack all your gear that you need to hunt and then quiet snacks a guy that i work with he was like man i fast while i hunt it makes me more in tune with what's going on around me and i was like wow i'd like to try that so i did i I stopped eating breakfast when i was going to the woods and i was just like holy crap like i'm hungry i'm alert i'm awake and i can really just like i can sense everything that's going around me but i would say definitely if it's cold take some water take an extra bottle with you i like the gatorade bottles 32 ounces you can pee in them take an empty one drink you a gatorade on the way stay hydrated if you need food take some quiet snacks with you yeah i mean that's basically what i do if i'm if i am gonna sit all day or i'm gonna sit longer than i actually plan like i have something hey i gotta go do something that night and i'm not gonna be able to hunt all you know go out twice a day i'm gonna sit a little bit longer um snacks for sure i mean like i said before they call me 007 of the deer woods zero dough zero bucks seven little debbie cakes um but you know make sure you're taking something quiet and you don't want to be out there with a freaking bag of funyuns munching on them (laughs) you know um but there is one thing the most important piece of equipment that I put in my book bag every time I go out in the woods except for the one time I actually needed it this year the poop paper paper. the poop paper yep that's another thing about fasting though like you probably won't have to poop (laughs) hold on unless 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 you have a medical reasoning for it thank you <laughs> Ron didn't mean to out him like that but yeah listen I wake Ron's up Ron's gotta go he has got to go <laughs> I've gotten to the point in my life that whenever I eat food I gotta go before I leave the restaurant yeah. I, don't, I can't wait till I get home it's sorry all right, we're getting a little bit TMI here but I'm going before I leave the restaurant um, because my stomach and my IBS is like nah bro you ain't making it another 20 minutes until you get home. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, I don't. The one time I needed the poop paper in the stand, I was, I was like, oh no. What do I do? You know what? Hoarding all those receipts over the last couple months came in handy. <laughs> and it was great. Let me tell you. I learned in middle school, if you crumble up a piece of paper enough, you can use it as a tissue because it makes mm-hmm. it real, real soft. Crumble a receipt up a couple times. Man, you wipe all, all day with that thing. Uh, I just prefer to use poison ivy leaves at that point. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> don't grab the wrong leaves out there, guys. <laughs> yeah. Leaves are three. Leave them be, baby. Uh, 
But there was another thing that I found really interesting, along with food and water and dressing warm. It said, don't be afraid to move. And in my mind, it kind of hit me like, no, if I'm sitting all day, I'm sitting in the same tree. And then I was reading on about this guy talking about it. He said, in the morning, you want to, they want to get up and the first thing you want to do is go eat and drink. Go hunt a food plot. I'm like, okay, what? Makes sense. Why wouldn't you just stay there all day? They're going to want to eat and drink before they go to bed. He said, in the evening, go hunt a bedding area. He's like, so seriously, when you, when you, if you're usually getting out of the stand at 11 or 11.30 or 12, take that time, sit a little bit longer. So maybe two, one thirty, two o'clock, um, you know, you judge it based off your geographical location. And this gives you a chance to get out of the stand, to stretch your legs, to get some body heat regenerated and a better chance to kill a deer. Cause if you're not seeing anything coming through all morning, they've got to go to sleep. So that evening go hunt the, go hunt a bedded area. And when they come in, you, you moved spots. And I was thinking about that and I was like, Hmm. I don't like, I wouldn't want to get out of my stand and be walking around, but either way, it's less movement because you're not walking out, leaving, starting your vehicle and leaving, and then coming back, shutting your vehicle off, shutting your doors, getting all the, you know, the loud noises. Cause I, there's no way to dampen the sound of getting a tree stand out of the back of your truck. Um, but then walking back in, setting back up, when all you gotta do is climb down, get your stuff, put it on your back, walk, go find another tree in a bedded area, climb up it, sit there for the rest of the night. I was like, well, that kind of makes sense. And that's where I'm, as a young hunter, I'm taking those tips and those tricks uh, and opening myself up to be a um, student instead of always trying to think that I know everything. So, I feel like a good hunter is constantly learning. Always. He's adapting to his new surroundings, whatever that is. I mean, even if you're hunting the same piece of property, you're always learning about it, how it's changing, how the deer movement's changing. Um, <coughs> bedding areas can change depending on pressure. Deer can get up and move. They don't have to sleep in the same spot. Um, if you pressure that, and, and you blow them nine times out of ten they'll come back but if you continue to blow them out of there they'll they may move and stay on your property it's just adapting learning and setting up and just knowing where the deer are moving there's mm-hmm. an old guy he said don't hunt where you think the deer are hunt where the deer are like know know that there's deer coming through that area and hunt it you're going to be in a better position to to see and get a shot yeah, that comes down to like making sure you're checking your camera cards. I think every time I went out, I took an extra camera card with me to swap camera cards out, go home, put it in the computer, you know, look at my look what's going on, uh, looking for fresh sign that deer's walking through, um, rubs, scrapes, whatever, so be it, bedding area, you know, finding the clover, you know, that's been munched up on, and if you see deer 
when you're sitting in the stand and they're 400 yards away and you can see it or 200 yards away, you got binoculars. I always hunt with binoculars on my chest. So if I know they're over there, why am I not sitting over there? Why am I still sitting in the same tree every single time when I know that they're over there? So um, being prepared is, you know, that's, that's what it all comes down to is paying attention and being prepared, knowing your wind speeds, knowing where your wind direction is you know where you want to sit that all that's all important and I feel like I've talked to some younger generation younger than me you know and they're like oh well, I just go climb a tree I'm like okay well, what are you killing yeah you know let me see some pictures yeah let me see some pictures so uh, uh, we're gonna move in on to one last little topic I told y'all this was kind of going to be like sporadic and kind of run through it because it is late at night. It's 12, 17 when we're doing this. So that's show you how dedicated we are to this. So we got to work tomorrow. Um, but anyways, uh, no, I found two bows that I wanted to, I wanted to talk about. One is a brand that I don't think was around whenever I first started archery hunting. Uh, I didn't really know much about them until the last year or so. Um, but the people that I know that have shot them, they love them. And they think that they're, they're great. Um, but it's the Prime brand. Uh, Prime has just come out with a Revex. Uh, and it's available in 32 to 36 axle to axle. It's uh, 4.5 pounds to 4.7 pounds, depending on what axle axle size you get. It's a 40 to 80, 80 pound draw, and it's available in 26 inch to 31 and a half. Um, with an 85 pound let off, the guy that I did archery 3D with last year, his buddy shot Prime, and he was telling me that he was selling his Prime bow, but you had to get it that bow specifically is only for his draw length with that cam that he had on it. So he's like, if you want got to drop down or you got to go up, you have to get a different cam. And I was like, I've never heard of that before, but, um, yeah, I mean, I've been seeing that prime brand more in the 3d world. Um, but that bow MSRPs for $12.99 to $13.99. And I'm going to kind of put it up against your Elite brand. Uh, Elite just dropped, I mean, probably the best bow they've ever came up with. And I'm going to say probably, probably the top bow of 2022-2023. I have heard nothing but fabulous things about the Omnia. That how comfortable it is shooting the back wall, the feet per second. And they have done something that I have not seen in bows before. So to talk a little bit about this bow, um, 31 and a quarter axle axle. It shoots 336 foot per second. 3.95 pounds that's pretty light compared to the Revex at 4.5 
Um, I'm learning now with my bow, which it being a really light bow, I would rather have a little bit heavier bow. But I have learned to start shooting with my quiver on to add a little bit more weight. Um, but here's here's the thing that like kind of astonishes me, and I know it's just a small, the smallest little thing, but um, the draw length comes in 25 and a half to 31 and it's got the quarter inch adjustments oh wow so if you need 26 and a quarter okay 26 and three quarter you can go to that adjustment i think that instead of the halves because you could still either be leaning into it a little bit more or your head a little bit more back with all the other bows but then to have that quarter inch adjustments that's that's huge um and of course the draw weight being 40 to 70 but this bow is priced at 16.99 so well i guess what i'm saying what would you be looking for i know you're an elite guy so you're probably gonna be like oh i'm going to omnia all the way but you know, you had these two bows, you know, side by side. What are you looking at when you've got these bows in hand? Um, just down to the, I mean, quarter inch adjustments. That's that's huge. So like a lot of people need the three quarter, the quarter, and they can only get either short a quarter inch or too long for a quarter inch. That's awesome. Like. I mean that can that can change a lot of accuracy things, um, but I mean how accurate do you need to be deer hunting? Like I mean you want to be accurate, but you can be accurate enough with that minor, you know that minor of a, a change. And obviously, um, actually I was shooting 3D with a guy Gooch the other day, and he said it doesn't matter how bad your form is if you can continue doing that bad form and adjust it to. The shoot right he said it don't matter it's like you don't have to be a perfect archer to be good you can yeah. do it completely wrong and if you're just comfortable doing it wrong and you're hitting your spots it doesn't matter yeah. so um as long as wrong works for you yeah exactly like you could have a pro sitting there being like dude you're freaking horrible duh, 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 but you're shooting the same as him like you're shooting just as accurate as him or whatever yeah. you know uh Dude, I, I couldn't bring myself to spend sixteen hundred bucks, seventeen, whatever. It is. I can't. I couldn't spend the thirteen hundred myself. Um, if either one of those companies would like to bless both of us with a bow, uh, I will shoot it, and I will, I will gladly promote your brand. But um, I do like Elite for various reasons. I got the ritual uh, from you know Riley bought it for Christmas. The let off is what I like a lot. Their let off is like out of the world. What, eighty five or ninety percent? I mean, I'm drawing sixty five, but I'm holding back nine pounds maybe to keep it pulled. Like it's scary to let go. Um, I think they're more geared towards hunting. I've seen one prime bow. I'm not too familiar with them, but I mean, if it'll shoot an arrow, and I could save a couple hundred bucks, why not? Oh, for sure. And then, at the same token, like me, 
got the Ritual 35. A lot of people say it's the best bow that Elite's ever made. I got it for 500 bucks. And, I mean, I get it tuned up. I can shoot with these dudes that are spending $2,000 on a boat. Mm-hmm. So, That's like me right now. I, I, I have that Bowtech, and it's older, and it's a lower-end model. But it kills deer. I mean, it comes down to whatever you're comfortable shooting. Yeah, but I don't really see a need right now. If I haven't killed a deer with a $500 bow, why do I need to go out? But the bow is not going to make deer come to me. Right, no. So, you know, let's let's kill some deer first with this five $600 bow, which I think you could probably buy that, buy my bow with the ready aim kill setup already on it. I think like six, six fifty, seven fifty. Um, people are still buying them; they still make them. So, but I'm not gonna go out and spend the sixteen hundred dollars and be like, "Well, I'm a better deer hunter now." No, you're uh, the same deer hunter you were. <laughs> yeah, you're the same deer hunter you were last year, Ryan. You, you, know, you didn't kill anything. Yeah. But um, no, I, I I agree with you, man. Um, I mean, this all sounds nice, and it's all sales pitch, is what it is. But I, I couldn't bring myself to spend sixteen hundred. You know, that's why I'm like, okay, Matthews just come out with a phase four. <laughs> Let me go buy a V three. Yeah, the second, the third oldest model, or the third newest model that they just came out with, because they had the V three and the V three X, and now they got the phase four. So I'm I'm gonna hop back a couple generations of uh, a couple years of bow and buy the cheaper one because practically all it is is the same thing you know it's like apple they're coming out with the same phone every year it's just either <laughs> it's either bigger smaller comes in different colors and they have a different way to unlock it maybe a couple more cameras yeah a couple more cameras <laughs> yeah i mean i think my last phone had one camera and now i'm up to three but you know, it's all, oh, it's the operating system. It's this, that's that. No, it's the same freaking phone you came out with last year. So uh, with this new Matthews bow, they come out with a four limb uh, with a piece of rubber on it. I still want to see in a year how that piece of rubber in between the limbs is holding up. Is it dry rotten? Are you having to keep it uh, lubricated? Um, I want to see how the dovetail stuff's working out. That's why I haven't talked about it just yet. Uh, so I do want to get look up some reviews of all that. Like now that people have been shooting them for a, a season, and it's going to go through uh, 3D season with it. I want to see all these things before I justify. You know, is it good to me? Is it bad to me? Because there's a lot of things on that bow that could go wrong. So, um, but I'll talk about this week. I've been having problems with getting my old arrows fletched and you know fixing my fletching because i don't have a fletching jig but um i was scrolling through the you know the world of tiktok which is an amazing place uh i found those uh, nap the new archery product brand quick fletch uh scrape your old fletchings off get the, all the glue off it comes with a little wrap you put down on your arrow and you dip them in some boiling water for 10 seconds and it like cellophane wraps, like suction wraps to your arrow. Uh, did that sat last night. I did three of my arrows last night 
they come in, uh, the pack I bought came with three for like seven bucks or something like that. Seven and some change. And um, I shot them tonight. No, no whipping in the tail. They were, you know, they looked good. They shot good. Uh, they held up pretty good. I had a couple shots that probably, I mean, they were real close. I mean, my arrows were rubbing together. No rips on the fletchings. Um, so it's got my stamp of approval. So, uh, any product you've tried out here lately that you you like or dislike or you just didn't really care for? No. Uh, make sure if you're going to shoot 3D that uh, your neon strip is in your sight good. Uh, how to shoot a whole tournament without that. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was, that was tough. Um, but, yeah, just uh, I got another topic. Um, it's a very touchy subject in the hunting world. Uh, uh, we may be on opposite sides here. Who knows? Uh, it's a very argued point. Okay, so is property lawn hunting fair game? As in sitting, I mean, sitting on the opposite people's fence. You see deer in this guy's field. Is it okay to hunt the property lawn? Okay, so I'm. Am I sitting on my? You're, side I mean, you're on your side. You're on your side. A hundred percent. If you can sit on, if you're on your side of the property line, a hundred percent sit there. But the deer are on his property. I mean, they're going to cross that fence eventually. That you're, comes I mean, down you're to just going to watch them. You're just going to watch them. Beep beep, and then you're going. You're going to thump them. That comes down to. <laughs> how in touch you are with your morals this is i mean this is a very argued point in the hunting world right here um this sucks uh so i would love to say that i wouldn't shoot over the fence oh i mean i wouldn't shoot over the fence but i mean if they walk over if i'm on my side of the property and they walk over the property line Swacking them. Oh yeah. Okay. If I know where the deer are crossing, I'm I'm there. Because deer, deer naturally follow like a barbed wire fence. They're they're gonna naturally just follow down that. Yeah, all all day. I'm I'm swacking the deer if it comes over on my side of the property. Uh, shooting over over the property line, you're treading hot water. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. I mean, um, I, I'd I'd say that's trespassing. No, no matter what you look at it. Now, if you do have permission, yeah, I mean, from the neighbor, it. like, hey, I don't hunt, but if there's deer on my property, shoot it. Uh, I just don't want you on my property. Um, but going off a little bit of that topic, you shoot a deer, it runs on a different property. Okay, you take your steps to be diligent and go to the homeowner. Hey shot a deer it ran on your property and they completely shut you down no you're not going to my property how you handling that this is where i feel this is where i feel like a game warden should step in all right because i ran into well i haven't ran into that specifically but i was actually out working two years ago i was working in cleveland and I saw a young spike. He had obviously been hit by a car 
his back legs were broken and there was two just wild dogs there like biting him and dragging him so i mean i, I took the proper channel and i called twra which is tennessee wildlife resource i called them and they were like do you have means of killing it and i was like i do and i was like but it is on private property like <laughs> it was in front of a, a gated like multi-million dollar house with a, a ring doorbell camera <laughs> on the yeah. gate and i was like wow and they were like go go kill the deer and then they went they proceeded like do you want the meat or whatever and i was like no they were like well leave it on the side of the road there and we'll send somebody out to pick it up but take it out um so i, I mean i did <laughs> it's literally on a ring doorbell camera i'm sure they appreciated that because i killed it in the middle of their driveway but i feel like um game wardens should have the authority if you shoot a deer and it goes on to someone else's property they should be able to walk you out there to retrieve your deer because you don't know really i mean unless you see it dead you don't know if it's actually dead or just wounded mm-hmm. and if i can go take a wounded deer that i just passed on the road on private property why can't he go out there with me so i about i almost if i would have shot a deer and this would have happened this it was going to happen this year um had a lady did not like that i was sitting close to her property line uh again i was on my side of the property i had it pinged i had the property line map from the landowner she didn't like it um yeah and i just knew if i killed the deer it was going to be a problem so i i told the homeowner the landowner that you know if this situation were to happen um it's going to be a thing where i call the you know, Pennsylvania Game Commission, and they're going to knock on her door and they're going to tell her he has the right with us in his presence to find that deer because it is illegal mm-hmm. to shoot a deer, know you killed it or know you wounded it, and let it walk. See, so, I, don't, I don't think we have that right here. I'm pretty sure if they say no, what? No, just, I mean, there's nothing you can do. Actually, you do. Um, and I know this is a fact that TWRA doesn't even need a warrant to walk into your house. Well, they, they changed that this year. They actually if, passed it. They can't they can't come on a private property anymore. Uh, well, but, I mean they I mean, they can obviously. They just got to go get a warrant. But they do have to go through like yeah. channels now. But no, nah, I mean I don't know who's going to be questioning a TWRA agent or a Pennsylvania <laughs> Game Commission agent. Um, but like if a TWR agent does walk up on your land and say, hey, or any type of agent from any type of state affiliation says, hey, this hunter killed a deer. You know, you said you're not letting him. Guess what? It's against the law for him to shoot that deer and not go find it. So I'm with him. We're going to walk your land. If we find it, we'll drag it off your land before we go on with the gutting process or whatever. But I had a feeling with that hunt that I had where she come up, which is, oh, this is also illegal. It's illegal to interrupt a hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, when she come up and was taking pictures of me in my stand and yelling at me when I'm on my side of the property line and things were really going south and I, my cool headedness kept me out of trouble on that one. Uh, but I, I did tell the landowner like, hey, if this were to happen, she needs to know that if she's not going to allow me the 
to go find that deer, game commission will be there to come find that deer and because it is illegal. So, um, but that was a very good topic you brought up there. So yes, we both agree that you can hunt a property line. You can shoot them as long as they come on your property. Don't be shooting over fences for all you younger, younger people. Um, and if you are sitting a proper line and somebody shoots a deer and the deer runs in front of you, don't shoot it. <laughs> even though it's already been shot, that's not your deer. If you know there's an arrow hanging out of its body and you think it's, it's a good shot, it's going to die, let it go die. Mm-hmm. Let that hunter find it and tell, go find that. You know, if that hunter comes walking in front of you, knowing there's a hunter out there and he's wearing orange, you can see him. He's walking. Hey, your deer came in front of me. It went this way. Help a hunter out. Don't shoot the shoot it, kill it, and then be like, oh, guess what? You know, my deer now. No, yeah. it's not. It's not your deer. That's that's a moral thing. So, but uh, true. You want to close this out with some scrapture. I did not have my book with me in here. Do you have? Do you got a verse this week? I got a verse this week. Yeah, I got one. This I, week. I mean, I, I could probably come up with something. Uh, I got one this week. This was actually a good one. I, I heard it in church today, and I was like, I'm gonna write this down and take it to take it to the podcast. Um, finding it in my. My app is wanting to be slow right now. There we go. Okay. Uh, it's going to be Philippians 4. 4. And uh, this, from what I learned today, that this was written. The name just left my head. Mm. But anyways, I'll come to me in a second. Uh, but rejoice in the Lord always. And I will say it again, rejoice. So for those days that you're feeling down and out and, you know, you're just not, you're not having a good day. You're, you know, something's going on, whether it be work or relationship or, you know, this is days where you just feel like total crap. Um, always know that you can rejoice in the Lord, that the Lord gave you, you know, the breath in your lungs and, he's allowed you to have this spirit inside of you to shine through you to do good and show how good he is is as long as you follow him and um you know there's no need to go get yourself clean when you decide to walk with the ward because as long as you're walking the cleanliness will come over you Mm. it's not like you're gonna go clean up to go take a shower you know, you're going to get the shower. It's going to do its job. Same thing with the Lord. If you're walking in him, he's going to take care of you. He'll clean you up. So always remember, rejoice in the Lord and uh, love people like Christ did. Treat people like Christ did and know that at the end of the day, when you bow your head and pray to him, he's listening. But when you wake up, he's waking you up and he's putting his breath in your lungs. Like I said, to shine through you. Uh, that that hit me today. Um, so if you're having any problems or anything, you know, you can always reach out to me or Truman and we'll pray for you. Um, if you just need to talk, you're going through some, pro- uh, going through some issues. Um, we're praying for you. Always reach out. We're always open. You got our socials. You got the email. Um, 
and I'm not afraid to sit down and have a conversation with somebody over the phone to let them know that, hey, I love you. Truman loves you. God loves you. We're going to treat you like a son of God, a woman of God. So always be rejoiceful in your life every day. Amen. So you want to take us out in prayer? I do. I would love to. Heavenly Father, God, I just want to thank you for another week of Rack Chat. God, I just want to thank you for working through multiple problems with uh, family and friends this week. Uh, at the end of the week, we get to look up to you and just know that you did it. And um, I'm thankful for you for that. God, I just ask that um, you reach out and touch any prayers um, by anybody that comes across this chat. And that you just know that, or you just let them know that you have them. God, I ask that you just continue to shine through Ryan and myself. And that you just take this chat over and, and you make it for what you want. In your holy and precious name, I pray. Amen. Amen. That's going to wrap us up for week six. Six. Six weeks already. We're a month and a week into this. I love it. I love it. Now we just got to figure out how we're going to do it. Sundays at seven. At seven. We're going to make it a priority. That means I got to go get... Oh, golly, dude, Jay Color small compared to me, but oh my god! But anyways, that's gonna wrap us up with his <laughs> lying. Um, but we hope that you have a blessed week, and we can't wait to see you back here at the Rack Chat, brought to you by Bible Belt Bow Hunting. Go grab some merch. Go go grab merch. Merch but, up. Uh, anyways, we'll see you later. Peace. Stay elite.